You are listening to Alter Echo, a scripture and message podcast with pastors Andy Smith and Kim Kylo of St. John's Lutheran Church, ELCA, Lakeville, Minnesota. Thanks for joining us and worshiping with us. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Alter Echo, this podcast uh, during which we get to share in the hearing of God's word, this word that is life-giving and even has the power to save us, as the Bible says, and this chance that we have to worship together in a very unique way. When we come before God, when we praise God, this is worship. And here we are using this portal of a podcast to be able to do this. It's a new day. It's a different time. And uh, we get to share in this as we seek to grow in our love for God, for Christ, for the Holy Spirit, um, for the for the God who gives us life and who gives us life together with each other as well. So I am I'm very aware that though miles separate many of us, we are able to be right together in this time. Thank you for joining on this podcast. I'm Pastor Andy Smith from St. John's Lutheran Church in Lakeville, Minnesota, a suburb of the Twin Cities. And we are together on this weekend of April 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. So I'm coming to you on April Fool's Day, but there's no, <laughs> there's no fooling about this podcast today. We are still in the Gospel of Matthew. As you know, if you've been listening to this for some time, we are following also Brian McLaren's book, We Make the Road by Walking. We happen to be on a chapter, chapter 31, entitled The Choice is Yours. And you're going to hear these final words from the Sermon on the Mount, from Jesus' Sermon of Discipleship to those who want to follow him. These are the final words. I had an English teacher in 10th or 11th grade who always said to us at the end of a semester, finish strong because what I remember at the end, I remember better than everything else before it. And I think Jesus' words, memorable as they are, are even more memorable here at the end, so we take special notice. So, shall we, everyone, listen to God's word? This is Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 through 29, the very end of the Sermon on the Mount. And here's what he says to his followers, to us. Enter the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the road is easy that leads to destruction, and there are many who take it. For the gate is narrow, and the road is hard that leads to life, and there are few who find it. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorns or figs from thistles? In the same way, Every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will know them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and and cast out demons in your name and, and do many deeds of power in your name? Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. 
Go away from me, you evildoers. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on rock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was its fall. Now, when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were astounded at his teaching. For he taught them as one having authority, not as their scribes. Dear friends, this is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Well, everyone, there are four sections in this last part of Matthew. If you're looking at your Bible, I'm looking at mine right now. Mine is even broken down into those four sections with headings, the narrow gate, a tree and its fruit, concerning self-deception, and hearers and doers. I simply want to pick apart each of these last four sections of the Sermon on the Mount. And I want us to consider listening to them very carefully in the context of wanting to be disciples of Jesus. We can't assume particularly from that third section on self-deception, we can't assume that everybody who comes to church or listens to the gospel sincerely wants to be a follower. They might want to come and check this off their list for the week, perhaps, or they might want to think that this is a good thing to do to see some friends, but not really take in the gospel in real serious and deep ways. I think this is kind of what Jesus is talking about. We're going to get into that just a little bit. So let's consider the narrow gate. I am remembering that in the gospel of John, Jesus says to his disciples, to all of us, that the gate is a human being. He says he is the gate. And that makes a difference for me when I think about the narrow gate that leads to the road that is hard that also, though, results in us experiencing real life. This is what Jesus is talking about. The road that leads to life is hard, he says. The road that leads to destruction is easy. Now, I, this is so counterintuitive to us because for whatever reasons, we are conditioned to think that we should be able to make things, we should want to make things as easy as possible in life. And from a biblical standpoint, it's, this couldn't be more wrong. Yet we, we think that this is the way things should be. We, we should be able to and want to be able to make everything as easy as possible. In fact, I remember in one town in which I served a church, there was, and you know, probably this is the case in a lot of uh, towns, but there was a street called Easy Street. <laughs> and it happened to be a place where a lot of people retired on a lake, Easy Street. Well, this is what we think we want and need, but Jesus says no. In fact, we should really even seek out the harder road. And I want to share that with you as something that I am aware of which is wisdom from God. 
So here's the counterintuitive part. So many parents, for instance, I think parenting illustrations are abundant in this area. So many parents think that they should make things as easy as they possibly can for their children. There's even a new phrase for a parent who does this. It's called the lawnmower parent. You remember the helicopter parent, among others. But the lawnmower parent even goes ahead of their children and tries to mow down as many challenges obstacles as they possibly can so their kids never have to encounter them so that they don't have to be challenged or work hard. It's just, it's incredibly unwise to do that. Why would we do that for our kids and not allow them to figure out ways to get through things, get over them, work through them, learn to work hard, learn to even look back and say, I did that. I can do that. I can get over those steeper challenges in life. But no, we have, we have a counterintuitive way of thinking that we should make things easy for everybody. And the Bible even says, no, that this is the path to destruction. If we never build up any resilience, any ability to think for ourselves, to make good decisions along the way, then we find ourselves not having been served well by those who are our parents, who should be guiding us in right ways and being there with us, but not mowing everything down. In the Christian life, depth is found in seeking Jesus' way and path and meaning and fulfillment. But that is found in being faithful to him who laid down his life for us, who walked the hard road through the lonesome valley, as the old song says, because others didn't want to walk the hard road with him. The hard road is deep love. It's sacrifice for others. It's stepping out of our own self-centeredness and living for others and even caring for others in their deepest moments of grief or difficulty. This is Christ-like. Enter the narrow gate that leads to the path, which is hard, but which also leads to life. Be like Christ. Martin Luther even said, be little Christs. Be little Christs in your life. How about bearing fruit? We will be known by our fruits, Jesus says. Perhaps this is more daunting to us than we initially believe. People are watching, you know. Everybody watches everybody else. We see who people are by what they do. We've known for a long time that there's, there's an old adage out there that says, watch not what they say, but watch what they do. You remember the old song, they will know we are Christians by our love. Hmm? There's a real call to sincerity. And we're going to hear it in the next section too. There's a real call to sincerity, to intellectual honesty in the kind of life we live are we steeped in Christ's way so much that it courses through us, through our veins and into our minds and hearts and then out of us in Christ-like action? The calling in this particular passage is for us to be fruit inspectors. <laughs> I had an old retired pastor in one of my former churches who said, we're called to be fruit inspectors, not of others, but of ourselves. So we are called to understand and consider and be self-aware enough to know whether or not we are bearing good fruit. 
good people bear good fruit. Bad people, Jesus says, people who don't care, people who don't take this seriously, bear bad fruit. So, I'm going to be handing out to church on Sunday um, Brian McLaren's distillation of the Sermon on the Mount. It's It's on pages 145 and 146 in your book. If you happen to have the We Make the Road by Walking book, I can't go through that right now. But... This will be one thing that can be put up on our refrigerators that helps us understand who Jesus calls us to be, the kinds of of not just fruit inspectors, but fruit bearers, good fruit bearers Jesus calls us to be, and it's everything that Christ is. So out of this second section of the last part of the Sermon on the Mount, do you seek to be Christ-like with your life? Do you seek to imitate Jesus? Are you aware enough to know who Jesus is and was and who he has given you the blessing to be as well with every moment of your life? The third section is called Concerning Self-Deception. I think it really means who do you serve? Do you deceive yourself enough to think you serve Jesus but you really don't serve yourself? Or... Are you really tuned in enough? Are you and I really tuned in enough to really know who we serve? This really does have to do with faithful and sincere hearts. If we never stop to think about this, how can we serve Jesus rather than serving ourselves? Our instincts, if we only are shooting from the hip every day of our life, running here and there, to and fro, hither and yon, if we're never thinking about what we're doing, wanting to be so busy that it looks like we're so important, do we ever take time to search our hearts to wonder if we are faithful and sincere in wanting to serve Jesus? Here's the reason. The old adage, nature abhors a vacuum, comes into play here. If we waver, or if we're unaware, if we don't take time to understand who we serve, if we are just running around willy-nilly all over the place, that vacuum of meaning, that vacuum of depth in our lives is wide open. And guess what? Nature abhors a vacuum and something, something we don't want more likely than not, if we're not thinking about things especially, will jump in, dive in, and fill that space. I'm going to tell you a real quick story about Elvis Presley because it it illustrates this so well. Elvis was in Vegas and he had befriended a pastor all those years that he was performing in Vegas. And one night he went on a bender and he had some of his handlers call this pastor because he really was in a desperate moment. He was in desperate straits and he needed somebody to talk him through them. So the pastor came to his hotel room in Vegas and as as Elvis started to sober up and and become a little bit more like himself, come to himself a little bit, the pastor talked him through this and told him how much he needed to give up all of the drugs and the alcohol and the women and everything. He said, this is going to kill you, Elvis. And then he went on to tell Elvis about faith, about Christ, 
And they talked about this many times before. He talked to Elvis about the, the benefits and the blessings and the gifts of following Christ and starting to get away from that old deadening stuff and, and move closer to Jesus and, and, and seek his forgiveness and his love and to know all of this and how good it is. And Elvis looked at him at one moment at the end of this conversation and he said, Pastor, what if what you are telling me about Jesus isn't as good as you say it is? Ah, oh, it's just heartbreaking. And we know how Elvis's life ended. There's a sincerity of faithfulness called for here in asking us to be the people who serve Jesus, who Jesus knows, who Jesus blesses, and that two-way relationship becomes stronger and stronger and stronger. And then, finally, this famous illustration of the house built on rock versus the house built on sand. This one is so clear. It's so simple. It's why Jesus ends this sermon with it. In the end, who do you trust more, yourself or God? Who is bigger, wiser, more loving, more forgiving, more promising, more eternal? It's a no-brainer. There's only one answer to this. It's Jesus. So let me tell you this story real quickly. I know an elderly couple who in the last couple of weeks was out working in their field. Spring is springing a little quicker this year. The frost is coming out of the ground and they went to do a little work in their field and they both put on their muck boots and were out there. But all of a sudden, in a moment, they, they realized that they were walking in some mud that was more like quicksand to them and they started to sink. And these two are in their 80s and they panicked. They reached out and grabbed each other while their boots were sinking in the mud of their field. And they started to pull to try to get their boots out of the mud and it wouldn't come. It was just, you know, in deep down. They finally, like an A-frame against each other, worked their boots out of the mud, but they were scared to death that they weren't going to be able to get out of there. And it was still cold. Winter moving into spring. They, in that moment, realized how vulnerable they were. Like the house built on sand, on no foundation, on nothing important, nothing eternal, nothing holy. They realized how vulnerable they were and how easily this could have turned into something really, really bad. Do you build your life on something that takes advantage of your vulnerabilities, particularly when we do run around like chickens with our heads cut off, not really thinking about what we're doing or what's going on around us. This is the way life is in 2022. Or do you realize that the vulnerability of that is so great that you build your house on the rock of Jesus Christ? It's unmoving, steady, solid. It's there for you. It's there so that your foundation can be Jesus and everything of your life can be built upon it. Dear friends, this is the end of the Sermon on the Mount. Take this gospel of guidance, of truth, and make it your own because Jesus is your own. And even more importantly, you are his. Beloved, a child of God. Amen.
And now God's word is alive in us again anew. And we get the blessing of being called to let it echo through us out into the world in which we live. Everyone, if you wish to give your offering now to support things like this podcast and the work and ministry of St. John's Church in Lakeville, Minnesota, I invite you to do that. Please go to our website at sjlcl.org. I'll repeat it, sjlcl.org. And up in the right-hand corner, you'll see a little button named Donate. Hit that button and you can give your offering to God and for the work of God in the world through this church in Lakeville, Minnesota. Thank you in advance for the gifts and the offerings that you give. And now as we go on our way, we are sent with the blessing of peace, the benediction. Dear friends, may the road rise to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face and the rains fall soft upon your fields. And until we meet again, till we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. God loves you, everyone. God be with you until next week.